and welcome back to Riding Into the Unknown. This is episode 56 and my name is Monica. Unfortunately today Christina won't be joining us but I'm very glad to have my lovely friend Nora here. So Nora is a friend of mine from university who is currently studying uh, her fifth year, fifth year, completing her master's in science and immunology and she also did a year abroad in Sweden for her master's project, master's placement where she worked on a new treatment for HIV, which is amazing. And in today's podcast, we'll be talking about her experience living in Sweden, how to learn to be more comfortable with your own company, and a bit more into her career and university life. So Nora, welcome to the podcast, and it's great to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to be talking to you today. So we're going to start off. This is something we do on the podcast when we have a guest over. So we start off with a rapid fire round. So the first question for me, for you, is what's your favourite book? Oh, I actually can answer this one. Probably The Midnight Library. Um, So I just read that recently. I think that's like top of my favourite books at the moment. Um, Will I expand on my? Oh, I, I was going to say, I'm so excited to finish The Midnight Library because I told you this, but yeah. I was reading it and it's actually really good. Yeah. I highly recommend it as well. It's really uh-huh. good. Okay. Um, second question is, what is your favourite Scottish view? I know that you oh. like to go up to the Highlands. So yeah. anywhere there or anywhere else in Scotland? Well, that's a hard one. I feel like there's so many, but um, I feel like one that I'd co- choose as like, that I really, I like it's kind of close to home and um, my grandparents stay up like near Loch Ness so probably around there like the kind of mountains in the valley with Loch Ness and like the surrounding mountains near there so probably yeah. I pray <laughs> I need to go up yeah okay. you do <laughs> third question is share one piece of wisdom you live by um actually I'd probably say um, my grand used to say this what's for you won't come by you um, so it's kind of like what, what what's meant is meant kind of thing, um, which I, I think uh, when I was like younger, I didn't really see the wisdom in that. But as I'm getting older or like going through a lot of, I, I don't know, life experiences, I see the kind of wisdom behind. Like sometimes you feel like that you need to get or reach that goal kind of thing. But um, sometimes you don't reach it. And actually there's a better plan in store for you. Kind of thing, yeah, so. I love that so much because I feel like that's the one I would have said for myself. Oh, really? <laughs> like I always say that um so that's really funny that you you shared that okay uh fourth question is sun or snow sun sun okay because but I think that's because of the snow we get in Scotland it's not really snow it always just ends up into like kind of slush um but yeah I'd definitely pick snow definitely snow okay sorry yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and last question is what is what is your favorite country you've been to yeah I'm not gonna lie I'd probably say Sweden because I haven't actually traveled that much to be honest but I think Sweden as a country itself and but also just my experiences there I have a lot of fun memories I think so yeah exciting well I'm glad you said Sweden because (laughs) now it just we're gonna talk about your experience in Sweden so I wanted to ask you give us a little bit of an introduction into your year abroad and perhaps what you study and why you decided to do your a year abroad and all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. over to you okay so uh, basically at Glasgow Uni they tell you 
the so I applied for the honors project which is a bachelor so I would usually do the four years but around second year they offered you the option to do a master's with a work placement so usually I think in master's courses you tend to just do an in-university um, research project but this one gave me the opportunity to actually work at the same time as developing a research project or writing my like master's thesis so I thought like I wasn't really sure whether lab work was for me so I thought this would be a good kind of opportunity to actually immerse myself in the work um, field and then decide whether like well is lab work for me kind of thing so I decided to do that um, and we had like a meeting with previous master's students like a couple of years above us and what they had done and I've always like had the idea of going abroad or something and like mm -hmm. experiencing um, a different culture or a different um, country and one of the guys actually mentioned that he had been to Sweden um, to the same institute that I was looking at so um, that kind of kind of spurred me on to apply to that I think um, actually I initially applied to industry jobs because they actually pay you so I applied to AstraZeneca, GSK and things like that but they didn't actually um, I, I didn't get those jobs so that's why I, kind of leading back to the point before what's for you won't go by you kind of mm -hmm. thing so like what's meant is meant I did really want those jobs but if I didn't get those jobs I wouldn't have had uh, if I did get those jobs rather I wouldn't have had the experience in Sweden so I then emailed like my supervisor who I worked with last year and I was just saying oh like I'd really like to work with you for a year um like is that possible and she actually emailed back like I didn't expect an email because our professors were all like, oh, you're going to email multi, like so many people and they'll probably all come back to you with no's. So I just kind of emailed and just thought, okay, well, we'll see what she says. And she was like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you and everything. Oh, so, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was really nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously COVID happened and everything and it was all going to be cancelled. Um, and then so this I remember was last year, right? Yes. Yeah, so you went on was, your ear. Yep. This was 2020. Um. I was supposed to go in August but then COVID happened and then uni were just kind of planning on cancelling the full thing um so I had kind of accepted for a while for a few months that okay I wasn't going to do it like the master's thing was just like gone and I'll just finish my last year of my bachelor's and then all of a sudden uni were like oh it's fine like things have gotten a little bit calmed down so you can go and then it was at that point I think I thought oh my god what am I doing <laughs> because I, I was going completely alone I had never been to Sweden before um, and I didn't know anyone there other than like my supervisors who obviously were very nice over video call and things but I didn't know them know them yeah. um, and then I, I was thinking oh it's another year on top of my studies and I'm not sure if I actually want to do lab work in the end. So I wanted to ask so see this year is it kind of a, as you said a year placement out and then you go back to university to complete your fourth yeah. year oh, okay so I think it's similar to what I'm doing yeah uh -huh. I'm doing a year placement and then you go back right yeah exactly okay great so I'm finishing my last year of technically my bachelor's so it's always confusing when anybody asks they're like oh you've done your master's but you're still to finish your bachelor's um so yeah so I've still to do my oh, okay so then you bachelor's. did your whole year ah okay that's so good that you managed to find one abroad yeah like a placement abroad that's so good yeah I mean it's not it's not paid or anything um so usually these research labs don't really have the funds to then pay a proper salary for you but I did manage to get my housing covered so that was okay and then with Erasmus I I scraped by <laughs> um but it was definitely an amazing experience I wouldn't have changed it so. that's so good so I wanted to ask what do you feel like you learned the most from this experience 
like what were your sort of key takeaways from it would you say um I think definitely being more I was already comfortable with my own company I think before but I felt like I was forced to as well in this um, experience because COVID first of all it was hard to meet people because obviously everything was restricted and we couldn't really do events and things like that but um also just I find Swedes in general from my experience quite introverted or not very sociable so it was very hard they're all very lovely people and everything once you meet them but in order to meet people or to make friends it was really difficult um so I found that um difficult so I kind of had to just force myself to like explore the city or explore the rest of Sweden and stuff alone so I think that was one big takeaway I'd say Oh, amazing. I was going to say as well, because you were a placement student, you didn't attend any in-person classes. So I'm sure it was harder to meet people, I suppose. Did you stay in student accommodation or? Yeah, so I had like, it was, the thing is, I wasn't really a student while I was there. So I was technically a fully, I was probably a research assistant. I was just working in the lab all the time. I didn't attend any classes. I didn't really have any classes to go to. So the whole point of that year is just that you have to immerse yourself as if you're in that actual work field. And then at the side, you would do a dissertation and also a master's thesis that you just kind of work on yourself. So it's a lot of like independent learning. Um, but yeah, I had like, a so I had accommodation, but again, even that was, there wasn't even a common space within my accommodation. So there wasn't a really, really much of a place for people to meet each other. Um, I did try and like, knock on my like neighbor's doors there was two people like living on either side of me um but unsuccessfully <laughs> um, there wasn't very and I don't know if I don't know if they were Swedes or not but like I just feel like there's not very much of a forthcomingness with like meeting your neighbors or saying hi like like as in Glasgow I think Glasgow's yeah. an exception to the rule it's like extremely friendly so yeah. so was there a lot of diversity did you feel or were most people yeah. Swedish in the uni um no I think within like especially just in research in general there's a huge amount of diversity so I think in our research group we had in in my core research group it was mainly Swedes um but like within the overall research group there was Germans Greek Iranians um Austrian uh Tanzanian so there's quite actually quite a variety. Mm. Yeah, that's all, that's what I can remember off the top of my head anyway. But yeah, love that. It's always good to have. Yeah, I love from a lot different of places. places. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice because um, there was one time that we were having like a a conversation because obviously we speak all speak different languages, but mm -hmm. obviously we're speaking in English. And that, you should you should try this if you ever come across like um, people who speak different languages. But what they say like for the noises of different animals. It's oh, actually such a hilarious conversation. Um, I need but yeah, to try we were, that. We were, set, we were sitting at lunch, like I can't even remember now what they had like called it or whatever, but it was it's quite a funny conversation. That's so funny. Now I want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> so did you when you're you know, a Swedish culture, I'm not sure if it's too different from what we experience here in Scotland, but yeah. did you experience any culture shocks at all? where you thought, oh, this is so weird, I've never seen this before, or they do things very differently here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, so, and I'd say the social aspect is quite different, like, um, I think, but I also think as maybe, I'm maybe biased in the sense I've grown up in Glasgow, which is even just in Scotland itself, I find that quite a friendly city. Um, so 
like for example you'll stand by the bus stop and somebody will have a conversation with you you'll get on the bus and there'll be conversation that's just completely unheard of in Sweden like if you spoke to if you spoke to a stranger it would kind of be like why are you you doing (laughs) almost like creep almost like on the border of like creepiness or whatever (laughs) um but like one I really like the whole society in Sweden and stuff one culture shock which wasn't really a shock it was kind of like a nice culture shock I guess um is the fact that how it's very like family orientated in Sweden Mm -hmm. how um so paternity plus maternity leave is if I remember correctly is like 18 months between them so there's nine months for paternity leave and nine months for maternity leave and which is like crazy compared to here which I think and that's fully paid and here I think it's like six months and then two weeks for paternity leave yeah yeah and you can see that reflected in like how much the fathers are involved in uh, and like just in their kids lives and stuff like that there was one time I was on a hike and I found it was kind of sad that it shocked me but it did shock me basically there was um three couples so there was the mums walking and then the dads walking and the mums were just walking like themselves and the dads had like the kids on their backpacks or like pushing the prams and stuff like that and I was like I don't know why but it took me a second like oh my god that's weird. <laughs> like I, I'm not used to seeing that kind of thing but yeah it's not it's really nice see. I really like how like involved they are yeah, yeah definitely that's so good that they have nine months each yeah and I think it's... that forces the dads to kind of get that connectivity with their kid and like be more involved in in their lives yeah because the dad like I know someone at work who just had a child really recently Mm -hmm. and they got two weeks paternity leave and then had to go back but then the the dad was like still working with born and it's just like oh my god like you don't get to have yeah like what's two weeks your child Yeah. yeah two weeks is nothing so I'm glad that they have that in Sweden that's really good so I also wanted to ask was it anything that you wish you knew before going over to Sweden whether that be maybe like packing more packing less or just anything that you feel like you wish you knew before you went I think like the I I didn't really research or like look into what people are like in Sweden um, so I think just that is probably the biggest struggle I had with was what the whole mis- meeting people because I really felt that obviously I didn't know anyone so I wanted to like go there and meet people I wanted to like travel or like explore different places or just go around Stockholm go to cafes restaurants and obviously I wanted to have somebody to do that with kind of thing um, so that was like a big struggle for me I think um, in terms of not really being able to meet people or just learning how they are before I went that maybe would have equipped me with better skills and like how to understand their point of view and things as well um so yeah I think like I I didn't research I didn't research enough I think about Sweden or Swedish people or the culture in general so that would have probably benefited me yeah great I was gonna ask did you manage to learn any words while you were there (laughs) (laughs) I I remember I think Chris would have been good to have in the podcast because she actually Uh went to Sweden one year and I think she was learning a little bit of Swedish and I remember her learning the numbers and I I used to know them but I forgot already but yeah yeah, did you manage to learn any like any I don't I I mean to be fair I'm gonna say like I I feel like I could understand more than I can speak but um 
because basically my research group was Swedish so quite often they would just break into Swedish and I'd just be sitting there like oh okay (laughs) Um, and towards the end of the year I remember them having conversations and me being able to like grasp parts of the conversation or understand what they were saying Um, but yeah I can say which is like my name's Nora Um, I feel like I could have said more but it's been so long I haven't really thought about it it's such a difficult language is it yeah I mean they say like it was funny because I'm there's so many Germans in Sweden and I feel like uh, one German I met he was saying how like Germans romanticize Sweden like Sweden is like that really nice place to go on holiday and stuff like that and and I mean it is a really nice country but he was saying how he learned Swedish Swedish in two weeks um, I mean, he had to do it for like, a, I think it was a medicine course or something, because obviously everything's taught in Swedish. But um, he was saying it's kind of like a watered down version of German. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, but it's around like 80% of the people like speak English. So even when I did try and like speak Swedish in like the supermarkets and things like that to like practice, I would fumble a little bit and then they'd realize I speak English and they <laughs> want like, to speak I'm going to talk to you in English. Yeah. <laughs> So then they just straight away be like, oh, it's okay. Like I speak English, it's fine. And I'm like, no, but I want to practice my Swedish. Yeah, it's hard when you want to practice. Yeah. Just talk to you in English. Uh So would you go back to Sweden then? Do you have any plans on going back or? Yeah, Yeah, I'm actually going back in summer. Oh, exciting. Um, So I'm going back for a summer job um, at the same lab, hopefully. Inshallah. We'll see. Um, Good contacts already. (laughs) Yeah. from there so yeah I'm looking forward to it excited for you so thank you so much that was really really good um got to know a little bit about what you got up to in your year abroad and you did mention you know when you traveled because you traveled by yourself and you didn't know anyone it was quite out of your comfort zone and that's what I want to touch on on to the next point which is you know how to be comfortable with your own company and making plans by yourself and not having to rely on others to say you want to go out on a hike or you want to do a day trip somewhere rather than having to wait for a family member or a friend to go like why don't Mm -hmm. you just go yourself so what how's your experience in terms of you know navigating situations by yourself and how comfortable are you um say doing doing things on your own yeah I think um I was actually talking to my mom about this recently but I think it kind of traces back to when I was growing up I used to go and visit my grandparents a lot when they stay in the highlands and that's quite like rural um and I'm also like a family part of a family of seven so it gets quite like hectic or busy sometimes and sometimes you want um your own space or just to like kind of get away from the hecticness of it all so I would often just like go on walks myself or go up the hill myself and just like I was also very into reading I mean I still am but I was like super into reading when I was younger so I would just like go away for a walk on my own and like just um, read a book and things like that and yeah I think with that I started to like get quite comfortable with my own company Um, I wasn't always actually like when I was younger I was I was even though I had my own bedroom I would never spend time in my own bedroom I would always want to be like around other people Um, but I think as I grew up I probably realized that like as you know when you grow up you're a teenager you feel like your family don't understand you or like Mm -hmm. you're just your own person and you need time to yourself kind of thing so I feel like that probably started it all off um and in terms of like being confident and like 
creating the plans and stuff I feel like whenever I'm with any of my friends I'm always the one that's organizing or deciding where we're going or like directing and stuff like that and again that comes from like I think how like my, how my mom raised me and things like that and she was always like exploring new places and like we never did anything by the sat nav so we'd always have like an actual map um and sometimes she'd be driving and she'd like give me the map and be like okay so direct me we're going to this place like, I love that <laughs> like, oh my god all these roads <laughs> um but yeah so I feel like my confidence kind of stemmed from that and then I was kind of thrown into the deep end with like Sweden, although I enjoyed my own company beforehand and I w- was quite confident. Obviously, I wouldn't have gone if I wasn't like actually feeling up to the challenge, I guess. But yeah, after a while, I think I just kind of realized that, do you know what, if I want to actually explore Sweden, if I want to see different places, I'm going to have to do it on my own. And I just like I would put on headphones or like um, earphones, listen to some good music or like some podcasts and just like enjoy my own company feel like the main character yeah (laughs) um and yeah I think I just kind of I don't know if it was whether it was like forced on me or I just kind of grew to enjoy it but yeah definitely I think it was probably that evolution from when you were younger and then you know after like when you went on trips with your mom having that responsibility Mm -hmm. of okay you have to go on the map and like guide me and then you know when you go with your friends and you plan things and you're the one that's kind of like the lead and you plan it mm-hmm. you're kind of responsible for the group to like follow that yeah makes sense so like when you're yeah. on your own you've got those skills already exactly as opposed to not knowing how to plan a trip or not knowing how to plan a day trip yeah and having to rely on someone else like I'm actually really somewhere because whenever I go with friends or whatever I'm like okay no I'm gonna plan and like yeah I have to have everything to the T uh-huh. um but so what's one piece of advice for people who you know want to be able to be more comfortable in their own company because I remember that when I was a bit younger when I started uni I used to be so not confident of just going to events networking events or just going to things myself I was like no I need to go with my sister I need to Mm -hmm. get someone to come with me so if someone um you know for someone who's maybe listening to podcast and struggles perhaps to make plans on their own what would be your advice to start to start off in their journey to be more yeah I think like um sometimes like fake it till you make it in terms of like confidence and because it's not gonna come like it's not gonna be like overnight you're just gonna automatically feel like oh I'm I'm confident to go to these events myself or to go for a walk or to go to a cafe myself and things like that I actually I don't think I really go to cafes on my own but I recently so um after this whole like experience in Sweden and things I I thought do you know what why don't I, why don't I just like take a solo trip to Edinburgh which I've never d- actually done but I thought do you know what I'll I'll just do it like I've, I want to go into Edinburgh I'll just take a me day to myself it was after like a few submissions so I just wanted mm-hmm. to just kind of relax um, and I walked around and I, I saw this really cute cafe and I was like I want to sit in it but like I don't want to like sit on my own and you're then, reading your book yeah exactly so, nice. <laughs> so if you if you sit there and just like have your book look preoccupied you don't look like a loner like you're actually going and kind of enjoying yourself because I know that's maybe sometimes the fear or mm-hmm. um with these kind of things but I think definitely sometimes you do have to just kind of fake it till you make it and then eventually you'll if you try and like think about it in your head like why am I actually afraid of going around myself or it's it's just it's the perception of like oh what do people think of me and things like that and sometimes you just have to push that to the back of your head and just like 
fake it until you yeah. make it kind of thing. it's that fear of judgment of what others yeah. are going to think and like oh they're all in a group and I'm here by myself they must think mm-hmm. I have no friends but it's so great it's such a unique experience like yeah. going out by yourself I remember the first time I went out for lunch and I was so scared because I hadn't done it before but mm-hmm. you know the first experience when you go out by yourself you're like oh my god yeah. like I feel like I should be doing something I should be talking to someone it just feels like so unique I probably did it wrong because I was on my phone when I was eating lunch (laughs) which I wouldn't want to do again because I feel like it defeats the purpose because I'm trying to like distract myself but if I were to go again I would love to just you know what you did like sit and read my book or just literally eat in silence Mm-hmm. and just enjoy yeah. the food <laughs> yeah I feel like we I don't think, do that very often yeah and there's nothing wrong with that like I feel like it's just a I don't know a societal expectation that we've like put on ourselves or whatever and like it's perfectly fine to go and sit and sit on your own and just enjoy your own company like that's yeah. like I think a lot even me before I used to think oh if I'm ever doing something it should be with people because why would I just do it by myself but like mm. just treat yourself yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you want to go to cinema by yourself just do it why not yeah I've actually that's still on my list I've yet Is to that do on that your list? Because... I need to do that as well <laughs> and I feel like that's an easy one because like nobody knows that you're on your own it's like a yeah nice, no one's like, gonna see you and, like, you just sit and like enjoy it yourself it's just like you put something on the tv or just like watching a netflix show or like something like that yeah we should maybe make a list of things that yeah. you can do <laughs> on your own like cinema dates with yourself yeah and going on solo trips have mm-hmm. you done any other solo trips apart from edinburgh or have you got any planned no i haven't actually I, I feel like my solo trips tend to be just spontaneous because it's not like when you plan with friends you have to like plan mm. for the tea and just like um have everything like sorted out and like and that's the other thing about solo solo tra- traveling or like going out yourself that I enjoy is the fact that like you don't have to take into consideration everybody else's like what they want to do or and things like that which I feel like I often do things with my friends and I really enjoy it and things but it's like oh, okay I need to like do you guys want to do this or or like what do you want to do because you I want to compromise like, uh-huh exactly and then when I go on my own I'm like oh my god I only have to think about myself like, I, can just, <laughs> I can be I can, selfish for the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um I can just go to this bookshop or I can go to this cafe I can walk down this street and like i just whatever kind of suits me so it's quite liberating in a way as well yeah because when you're and also I feel like with when you're with friends or family you also have to as you said like you have to compromise but Mm. you it's also a bit harder to just sit and admire the beauty that's around you because Mm -hmm. you'll be talking quite a lot unless you're like okay let's just sit for five minutes and appreciate beauty and <laughs> just sit <laughs> and yeah. listen to the birds but obviously like that's good but I feel like most of the time you're like chatting away and you don't really get to just sit and actually be super present yeah. which you do when you're alone mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so yeah I totally agree yeah but awesome is there anything else you'd like to mention on this on this topic um I mean I would say that like I feel like even though I I enjoy like solo trips or I enjoy going and doing things on my own it doesn't mean that I'm completely confident in like these solo trips I do on my own sometimes I do feel a little bit like self-conscious that like oh my god I'm going here on my own or I'm here on my own and like what what do other people think and um like I I think I saw like a I don't know if it was like a TikTok or something of somebody that went out and like actually sat in like a fancy dinner restaurant 
and like ate dinner themselves I don't think I'm at that stage. <laughs> I don't that. have that much money <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, so yeah I think everybody's at their own stage of feeling and I also think it's not linear the growth like see if you go on dates by yourself and then you stop doing that for a while you'll Mm -hmm. go back to not feel like maybe feeling about self-conscious so it's about kind of like pushing yourself every now and then just to keep it up because otherwise like say you don't do it in two years like it's going to be hard again yeah consistency is key Uh consistency definitely great okay so now I want to talk about uni because you have a very very busy year ahead and Mm. you'll be graduating soon which is really exciting so (laughs) should we speak a little bit about you know navigating uni and your career life maybe what your plans are if you want to discuss those Mm -hmm. and how you feel about your last year what your impressions are and maybe like you know dealing with expectations and that kind of thing yeah that's that's a big thing I think at the moment because I'm obviously like at the end of my university life and everybody's like oh what are you gonna do like what jobs are you applying to blah 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 and um I feel like especially in Scotland where you have like one free degree and I feel like that's not put emphasis on as much because I feel like I don't know about you but at the end of high school I felt that in sixth year you do your grades and everything and then like you apply to uni like there's not any question about it there's not any kind of oh take a gap year or like Mm -hmm. explore alternative routes it's like do uni or not like why are you not doing uni you're not (laughs) smart enough kind of thing yeah I think it also depends on the family but like yeah I know for sure like my family's like it's uni or it's nothing else like uh-huh. like uni's your route that's it <laughs> yeah but not I, I wouldn't even say it was just family it was just even just the school like the mm-hmm. the school social aspect I just remember teachers kind of being like like you're applying to uni like why would you consider anything else kind of thing so yeah. I feel like at that age and obviously like obviously we finished high school around 17-18 there was no way that I was ready to like pick that one unless I had a career in in mind or something there was no way I had like that subject or something that I knew that I wanted to do like for the rest of my life and things and although I'm lucky I do absolutely love immunology and I really enjoy studying it and I also have realized I think throughout through my master's year is that lab lab work isn't really my thing I really enjoy like the learning aspect of immunology and things and I have like my last lecture I think at the end of this week so it's like oh my god it's like my last lecture and I've really been enjoying um like our lectures and like learning the new things um that like researchers or professors come and teach us um but and I do like looking into research or finding out more things about certain diseases and things but I am quite a patient um people's person so I'm looking at kind of more patient focused things so I am hoping to apply to in medicine after this inshallah so we'll see um but yeah I think really good I've kind of lost my train of thought <laughs> oh don't worry I think that's so good that you did your year placement because it made you aware of what's mm-hmm. out there and if that's the path that you want to follow or you don't because imagine you didn't do that then you think oh let's try lab work and then say you got a grad job in that but then it's not what you wanted to do mm. But now you're more like, okay, I'm actually more patient focused. Is that what the words? Or like yeah. people people focused and so on. Yeah. So it's probably is that is that the reason why you've decided to pursue medicine? 
Yeah, I yeah. actually also had, so my dissertation supervisor this year, he's an orthopedic surgeon and a research fellow and like a clinician. So I feel like his job is like the goal <laughs> and it has like the best of both worlds. He's able to like, so I joined him in one of his clinics as well. Um, so he discusses with patients like their treatment options, how they're doing, then either offers them surgery if he thinks they're able to, um, but then also has like research on the side. So looks into like, there's so many diseases that we don't really understand why they've come about and things like that. So he's able to look into it and then hopefully advance like the treatment options that we have in the future. So it's like kind of the best of both worlds. You're like looking into it, but also having that kind of direct impact on your patients mm -hmm. and an impact that you can kind of see as well in their own lives. So I, I really like that idea. So like you can actually see yeah. how your work's making an impact on someone as opposed mm. to maybe being stuck in the lab and obviously you know the impact that it's having but you're not directly yeah it's less like, tangible I think it's, with yeah. the patients yeah yeah so um yeah so I wanted to ask so in terms of how how you're feeling right now how's this year been for you how's it treated you and how are you feeling like, you know, to be yeah. finishing up soon? Next Stress, not gonna lie. I haven't stressed. really thought about like the actual graduation. That's just like, I'm just trying to get through like submissions. I think also because I had a whole year out where I was, not to say that it was easy. Like obviously I was working like um, 40 hours a week. And on top of that, I had like two, I only had two submissions throughout the year, but they were like huge contributors, I think to my grade. Um, but then coming back having a year off and then coming back into uni and having lectures all the time and then submissions on top of that is I think I don't know it's been a, a little bit of a shock because so I had like an article during January an article during February and now one in March and I feel like at this point I just don't have any words left to write <laughs> it's just like I'm I'm on like overload or something so, so do you feel like it's been a bit harder coming back yeah, to the work I think so which is weird because I remember professors all saying to me like or saying to us that you've you've done your master's so it's kind of like you've gone third year master's which is much higher and then you're coming back to like your level four of your bachelor's so it'll be a breeze and I, this year I'm like no oh <laughs> that's that's what I've heard a lot of people say yeah. like oh if you do placement it's gonna be much easier uh -huh. going back to uni and now that I'm still in my placement I'm thinking oh is that gonna be easier <laughs> <laughs> not too sure especially because when you're in placement you don't actually cover all of the topics and all of the mm. subjects that you do at uni yeah so it's like one full year where you've not done for example like I do engineering so all of the yeah. calcs that people okay. have done this year like yeah. I'm just gonna have to relearn it again uh -huh. so I don't know if you felt like that or if you already had your solid foundation in, in all the subjects yeah yes and no I mean I think so throughout like our my work placement I was working and doing the lab work for a specific project but I was also attending like weekly seminars where they would talk about like different it was more kind of research orientated so it was a lot of like new research papers that people were publishing and then they would share it with us and um, so I feel like I maintained my immunological knowledge because of that which was really good um but I think it's more just the workload this year. It's just been a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Um, At uni, it's just intense. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, well, but it'll yeah. be over soon. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy how far, like, these 
five years. Big Nora. clap for Nora. <laughs> <laughs> such a great achievement. Like it's such a hard degree. So yeah, just getting to this point is a massive mm-hmm. achievement for sure. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss on this topic? Anything we've forgotten? Um. Well, one thing I, I think I was like struggling with at the with this whole kind of I've done immunology and then I feel like everybody does their first degree and then does something with that mm-hmm. whereas I'm like wanting to do medicine and I'm like oh my god that's another like four what five years on top of the already five years I've already done so like I'm gonna properly graduate by the time I'm like 27 and then won't get a job till like I'm like 20 or established job so it's like oh my god what like do I really want to waste this time should I just do because I did actually apply to medicine this year um but got rejected from all my options so so then I'm hoping to apply the year after but then I was also thinking to myself maybe should I just like um do something else should I just like put that idea or that dream on hold because it's just going to take forever for me to reach that way but another thing I think also Sweden like made me realize or like my professor or supervisor that I was working with um, is that in Sweden they get unlimited free degrees so they all do like not all of them do the same degree that they started off with so it was actually really interesting one of my um so I kind of like trained one of the medical students in like lab techniques because they don't really do that in medicine mm-hmm. um and turns out she was an archaeology archaeo- archaeology student so she yeah. had graduated in archaeology but was now a like fully specialized microbiology doctor and is and so she was in I think she was late 30s 40s um and it's just I just thought it was so nice like she she was passionate about archaeology and then she was saying like at weekends she was going on like an archaeology dig for like her part-time job or something but and so she she did a whole like life in archaeology and things like that but then okay I want to like move on to the next thing and like study Mm -hmm. something else and like why not because I I feel like here often it's kind of like also because we have to pay for our degrees it's quite a thought um to then look into um doing another degree but like it just made me think like why not do another degree or why not take some more time and what's a few more years if you're gonna actually end up with something that you really enjoy and that you're gonna a job that you're gonna enjoy for the rest of your life and also in life you never stop learning like I feel like people think oh once I graduate that's me stop learning like I'm just gonna Mm. go into my job but you should still make the effort to learn so I'm like really proud of yourself that you're yeah. going out to do another degree because um, it is so important like I think uh-huh. that's something that I try to think a lot about you know I don't want to just get comfortable in a nine-to-five job yeah and just do what I need to do and then go back home and then come back like yeah. I want to keep learning so I feel like what you're doing is just a new challenge which is great because mm. when you come back out of it you're going to be like so much yeah. knowledge <laughs> so, so unless my brain and it's what you enjoy about. It's yeah. what you enjoy. So you'll end up finding something, you know, whether that's a career or any work or anything that you decide to do later down the line. It is essentially what you like to do. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, it's all going to work out in the end. And yeah. whatever's meant for you is meant for you. Exactly. <laughs> so go back to what we said in the start. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, oh, this was so wholesome. Thank you so much, Nora. Well, we, thank you. I am so happy that we had you in today's podcast. I'm honoured. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah, I hope you all enjoyed listening in. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.